Uh, good morning. <laughs> how you doing? I'm good. How are you guys doing? Uh, I'm the n- how are you doing, how man? Are you, how you doing? Really? That's what we're saying. I, I, after, it's how I, you doing. I, 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 I got told Greg, you after the fifth inning, I went out and did leaves. I got my blower, <laughs> and I went out in the yard and did leaves, man. So, you know, how, how are you doing? That's why I'm asking that question. Yeah, you know, it's a weird situation, right? Because it's like, how do you separate what happened during the 101 win straight division title, those contract extensions that were wrapped up and secured the future, and then an early postseason exit that was had all kinds of frustrations and guys, you know, just not performing to the level of what you come to expect. And I think that's the trick right now, right? Is is everyone said, okay, whatever happens in 2022, you've got this parade, you've got all this stuff, and whatever happens, happens. And then you get in the midst of it. And, lo- and you get to this point again, and you just want a little bit more and a little bit more and a little bit more. And I think that's probably what a lot of Braves country is dealing with right now is those frustrations of, of an early exit, even if you told yourself you weren't going to let this happen. Yeah, well, I-, I can't speak for Braves country. I know a lot of them are going to look at it exactly how you said it, but I'm good with this. I mean, I'm, you don't want them to lose, but given what's happening next with this team, Sam and I talked about this earlier, Corey, we watched how management solidified the core and will continue and continue throughout the season. The money they threw at these guys, as you said, what we watched during the regular season, having them, the guy was like a pool player, man. Anthopolis, he's like a guy who shoots real good pool. It ain't about the shot we're looking at now. Is my cue ball going to be lined up for the next one? And that's the way I looked at how he put this and is putting together this Braves team. So, you know what? Yeah, it sucks that the Phillies came in here and won, but they showed. It wasn't a bunch of 3-2 games. They showed that they were the better team, and I'm good for them to sit back, meaning the Braves, get yourself together and, and, and just come out smoking next year. And, and you know, whether we get Dansby or not, uh, we, we, we feel good about what we have in the bullpen. I mean, not the bullpen, but sitting on the bench, meaning behind him. So, the young core of this team, I'm feeling good about, Corey. Yeah, and, and obviously, you know, you got the Spencer Strider contract extension, and then he goes out, you know, and lasts two and a third inning, gives up five earned runs. So, again, I think there's, you know, there's excitement and there's you know, frustration with the way things played out. I think, to me, when I look at this series, the, the thing that, that I'm most stunned about is the fact that you had Max Fried, Spencer Strider, Charlie Morton combined for seven and two-thirds innings and 12 earned runs, and the Braves lost all three of their starts. Then you have an offense that ended up hitting 172, uh, 177 across this series. Danzy Swanson goes two for 16. Austin Riley's one for 15. Michael Harris is one for 14. So I think, you know, there, there's obviously excitement. I think that's just the realities of the fact that you can face a team that had a lot of momentum. Uh, and I think, you know, we, we saw with the Padres and the Dodgers, momentum has been everything in this postseason. Spending time on the waitfor.com hotline with Corey McCartney. Uh, he is social. You can find him on Twitter at Corey J. McCartney, (laughs) Corey J. McCartney, all lowercase. That said, you know, know, we talk about the season and and all the things this team had to do and the grind and everything this team threw into just reeling in the Mets. Um, And then you get there and you have this layoff. And could it be the same thing true for the Dodgers? Could could this bye week, I mean, you can use that for football, you know, but is that like a little too much for baseball? So the teams that had a bye are six and eight combined so far in the division series. You obviously got the Yankees who are still alive, but combined six and eight for these teams that got that that time off. We really didn't know how it was going to impact these teams because it was an additional round added to the postseason. And I think everybody wanted to say, 
you know, I, you know, you, you need the rest, you need the rest. And I won't dispute that from the fact that the Braves had Max Freed, who was dealing with an illness. You had Spencer Strider, who had the oblique issue. If they had played in the wild card round, you know, Spencer Strider is probably not throwing in that series. I don't think they're pushing him to that extreme. He's probably not even getting a chance to pitch. So they needed the rest, but clearly the momentum of, you know, of baseball taking five days off is not an ideal scenario. You know, and, I mean, I, and I think you're right about the fact that the grind of getting back from ten and a half games and beating the Mets and getting that division crown took a lot out of this team. Talking to Austin Riley late in the season, there was some admission that you know they did kind of get caught up in all the the afterglow and the hangover of the World Series and all the other extra stuff that goes into your off season and all the added responsibilities and all the hoopla that comes with it early in the season. Um, it, it took them a while to get out of that until you got to June of that winning streak, and then there was so much work to do uh, to get that division crown. I think it's all real uh, when you talk about everything that went into it and, and you know, and how it impacted them in this postseason. Yeah, and there's a number of things, I believe, that play into why they lost. There's not just one thing. Um, and, and you talk about last year how it played out. There were The ball just bounced in their direction. There was an extra little something that was a part of this team. These guys, as you said, they, they did what they did to catch up to the Mets. And then, you know, the story last year was the fact that the Braves won it with their best player, not a part of the lineup, meaning Acuna. Well, this year you cut to it and you got Ozzy out and you got Acuna at about 75%. And you got all these tweaks and things and nagging injuries or things that have happened that you just mentioned. And it just didn't seem like this was the team that was going to fight through everybody else, and especially now that we see how some of them are playing. Um, Again, I just keep coming back to as much as it stinks when sometimes the team, your favorite team gets eliminated, you look at, well, what are they going to do about next year? they got to get rid of it. These guys are sitting pretty, but I will ask you about left field specifically. Is that that a a big money free agent acquisition, or do we, we stick with some of the pieces we got? Yeah, I think that's the big question, right? I mean, because obviously you still have, you know, Marcelo Zeno on the books, and, you know, you, you, know, you obviously get what you, you know, we won't go down that road with him. But obviously, you know, Adam Duvall is a free agent, so there's an opportunity there for some, you know, some money to be spent. Robbie Grossman's coming off the books as well as another outfielder. So I think that's the, really the only place and sort stops another story altogether. But I think that's really the only other place where you can make any kind of substantial upgrades. The rotation feels like, and I know people are going to want to spend all that money on DeGrom, but it feels like you've got so many options within that rotation with who you have, who you have in the, at the minor league system or the bullpens. It's really, really good. That feels like the biggest move that you can make, but how much are they going to be willing to do that depending on what, what is it going to take to keep Dansby Swanson in Atlanta, which I think has to be the main priority. It's going to be big. That, that, that's the other thing. I think Ron Lacuna has already come on social media about what Dansby means to him, uh, you know, as far as the clubhouse. And he's that guy. You know, and listening to him talk to the media this week, you, you, you he's, you know, he sounds almost kind of like, like Chipper Jones, but except Chipper Jones took longer to get to that point because he was deferring to the pitchers until all the right. pitchers were gone. He didn't be that – he wasn't that mouthpiece in the clubhouse. Dansby has embraced that role, and um, you know that's the thing. When you have someone that's that that's got that you that's that's some glue, that's some glue. Even a little more so than Freddie is being that person that's local, and you know it means a lot to him because he's that guy. Um, how do you see them approaching this 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 uh, this deal? Because there's some places with some big cash who are probably going to come and throw some money at it. 
Yeah, I mean, you, you mentioned it too with the thing with Dansby. I mean, he's been had that trait forever. You know, he wants to lead. He has a, such a, you know, you talk to him when he shows up in spring training in 2016 that this was a guy that you, you got it, the fact that he probably had a book, a bookshelf in his house that was full mm-hmm. of self help books. This is a guy who's, you know, very much into leadership stuff. His sister's a sports psychologist. I mean, he's always kind of been, you know, had that, that the mindset approach to things. So I think it, that's always made him you know, adept at being a leader in this kind of situations. And obviously he's coming off of a career season. Uh, I mentioned he didn't have the finest of postseasons, but I mean, a, a really good year for him. We're looking at uh, through spot track. They had him with a market value of six years and 148.8 million. So that's an average annual value of 24.8, which would make him the highest paid player on this team uh, in terms of average annual value. And you, you've got obviously a lot of shortstops that are going to be on the market. Trey Turner is going to be available. Tim Anderson, uh, has an opt-out on his contract if he wants to do that. Obviously, uh, Carlos Correa is going to be on the market too. So, uh, you know, it, it, the position of shortstop, we know that's the premier, one of the premier uh, positions in, in terms of stardom in this this league. He's been, they're going to have suitors. And I, to me, the fact that they let it get to this point means I think there's an inkling from Dansby side to go out there and at least see what other teams are willing to say to him. It doesn't mean that, that he's not coming back to Atlanta, but I think you get to that point. Coming off of a career year, I, I think you want to see what is the, what's the vibe out there for me. So, um, yeah, I think ultimately he does stay. I think there's an obvious want on both sides. I know this feels like a conversation we were having a year ago, um, but I, you know, I think they find a way to get this done and keep Andy Swanson in Atlanta. Okay, we just have a minute here. Real quick, Corey, uh, two things. One is, what's the uh, what's going on with Talking Chop now that the Braves are out? Are you guys going to continue through the uh, playoffs and World Series? Um, that's one. And then two is, how did your Heisman vote change, if at all, from that Tennessee-Alabama game yesterday. Yeah, you'll, so you'll find Grant and I are from the Diamond uh, still on Saturdays. We'll be going throughout the, uh, the the postseason, so keep you locked in there. And a lot of Braves, obviously, Braves hot stuff, hot stuff that we'll be hitting up on, too. But, um, you know, look, C.J. Stroud went into yesterday with the third best odds since 2009. That's not changed. He's still your front runner. Uh, the Hendon Hooker's right there. This is now a two-man race. Um, so things got really, really interesting with Hendon Hooker and Tennessee taking down Alabama. All right, that's what we're looking for, you know. And folks, you you, you hear him here with, from the Diamond, but also he is the author of the Heisman Trophy. This man does it all, folks. He's a I, Renaissance man. He, he, he does all those things. No, and, I, wait, yeah. wait, let's, let's not forget his coaching. Yeah, his, his uh, managerial uh, uh, skills uh, uh, with you, travel teams. You, you coach? You, are you coaching today? We have to this weekend off, and thankfully too, because our big pitcher that struck out twenty nine batters in his last two outings is hurting a little bit. So we need, we got to get we got to get things right. And this kid is how old? 13 years old. Please talk to his parents and don't have him have that Tommy John surgery when he's 16 <laughs> just because they heard something about, oh, he's going to be better, so we'll have him have it then. Uh, make, doesn't it make you want to just walk into traffic when you hear that? Yeah. <laughs> just, yeah. Just, just messing up some kid's arm. Well, anyway, enjoy your weekend off, and I'm sure you guys will be at it next weekend. But, Corey, for everything you've done for the show, we can't thank you enough, man, and we appreciate it, and you getting up early to come on and join us. I appreciate it, guys, as always. Take care. 